The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe, it was a, uh, a big weekend for you. Uh, we'll get to talking about it, but uh, how you doing uh, after the show this week and uh, getting prepared for uh, the 21st? You know, I, I, I'm surviving. You know, we, we, we had a, a new women's champion crown. We moved some stories forward. So, you know, it, it was a pretty positive show. You know, there, there wasn't really much to to complain about, you know. Uh, it was a, a fairly packed show, too. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, Viva Van obviously wins the championship. Uh, before we talk about that actual match, um, what did you think of the um, the three-way for the contender, number one contendership to qualify to get into that match against Viva Van? Um, how do you think Alice Blair handled herself, and how did the other women in the match do? I think it all went really well. You know, we're, we're, we were obviously trying to rebuild uh, the women's division. And uh, by the end of the event, you know, we, we have some really main event players in the mix. Obviously, Viva uh, Maserati uh, showed up at the end. Uh, as you recall last week, I, I told you I had sent the... Uh, the message out and got hung up on because, you know, Maz will explain it more, I assume, at the next show. But, you know, she felt if anybody was going to have a match, it was going to be them to have a match against her and not her to be in a match against Viva. So right. I think she was, you know, a little offended. You know, she's been with FSW since the very beginning. And you know how it is. You know everybody feels slighted. Everybody feels they're deserving of uh, of, of great things. And you know then they feel like Uncle Joe doesn't like them anymore, or or whatever you know the case may be. It's like you know you're trying to put things into a situation, and you know she chose not to be a part of it, then chose to be a part of it. So. You know, I, I think Lilith Grimm, you know, showed that she's definitely a, a worthy contender. You know, she brings a different style, a lot more uh, power, the power yeah. game in, in the women's division. And I think uh, Rochelle Riveter moving out here, you know, I, I was really not aware of her other than I heard she did the women's show in Vegas. And then she had hit me up about she was going to move here. And, you know, then there's, you know, Alice Blair, who who had to do double duty. And, yeah. you know, the crowd was behind her in the first match. But it seemed like, you know, there was people who were rooting for her in the second. But 
Uh, obviously, Viva has really built a strong following. And that's what happens when we bring in somebody and then utilize them frequently. You yeah. know, in the past, we had used Viva here and there. And, you know, they were kind of okay with her. But then they saw her as a mainstay, and now it's easier to get behind her. And the fact of the matter is that she's improved so much from when we first utilized her, you know. Uh, the story I heard never confirmed was she had a WWE tryout and didn't fare very well. And instead of sulking and, and, and brooding in a corner, she went out there and, you know, worked her ass off. And now it, she's been reaping the benefits. I saw the post the day after. You know, she has five championship belts throughout the West Coast. So, yeah. you, you, you know, you're not just handed a belt because you're somebody's friend, you know. And, and maybe right. on one, one occasion and maybe on two, but definitely not on five. So she's obviously had to prove to the people that she's been working for that she's deserving of carrying that women's championship. Yeah, um, I, I heard the same thing that you heard. Um, and I think that the past year has showed um, what you can do with that motivation and uh, how well you can represent yourself. I am a little worried about the FSW security because it seems like people just kind of can just show up out of the blue and jump anyone or challenge anyone. So I think you might not, you know, you, not, you might want to step up, uh, get some of those uh, students there to to patrol the uh, dressing area back in the, the alley there. Well, you know, they're usually waiting for, uh, you know, a fan to jump in. So when you have eight of them, you know, they're, they're, they're positioned really good. All eight stand in one spot, but, you know, right next to the air conditioning unit. <laughs> the best security team that money can buy, Joe. Yes. Oh. Thank God, it's, thank God it's free. <laughs> uh, when you uh, you look then uh, towards survival of the fittest, I think I saw this week uh, one of the announcements is that there will be a women's survival match. Is that uh, confirmed? Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to. We're putting it together. You know, unfortunately, a couple people that I thought would be available, uh, like Rochelle Riveter, uh, is not, you know, she's going back to Colorado. She's a bridesmaid in a, uh, in a wedding. And she was like, Oh, I apologize. If I wasn't in the wedding, I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, we, it came about because, you know, we've got a couple of new additions that we are debuting on September 4th. Uh, Milo will be back September 4th. Viva is going to be there September 4th. And, you know, so, we're going to have a, you know, a, a decent amount of women available for September 4th. So I'm like, well, let's, you know, a girl by the name of Johnny Robbie, who's starting to make some waves. Uh, she was scheduled for September 4th also. So it's like, well, uh, we can get her on the 21st. You know, we know we got Alice Blair. And now we're working on, you know, a Delilah Doom, for example. And, you know, Eli is booked. And since they're married, maybe there's a good way to get, to get her in. So we're looking to do a three-on-three three and, you know, again, have to reach out to Maserati and see what her schedule, you know, entails. 
You know, right. if we did it the week before, she would have been in Trinidad and Tobago. So, yeah. you know, that, that that's a big deal, getting those opportunities. So, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to, uh, you know, bring Lilith Blair, uh, Lilith Grimblatt back, you know. So we're hoping to do a, a six-way, well, not a six-way, more of a, a six-person tag, you know. And, and with the survival of the fittest, just so fans who are not familiar, uh, does it work for you in those survival matches essentially as a Survivor Series style match where it is a six person tag, but it is an elimination match? That's correct, right? Well, we've used them both ways. So we haven't decided, you know, it's also based on timing. We can't have three elimination matches. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, for six people and doing an elimination match, these matches are going to take 20, 25 minutes. You know, we, we got Jay Vidal and Matt Vandegrift, and that's going to be Matt's No Limits Championship against Jay Vidal's FSW career. Uh, we just saw Damian Drake instilled as the number one contender and looking to be the first, you know, Vegas born and raised Nevada State champion. You know, so... Uh, you know, Clutch and Nick Xander, they're, they're going to be uh, on on the show on the 21st, you know, and we have TBD and Hammerstone and, and a possible fourth member to take on the faction. And after what went down between the Suavecitos and Sky High and Brett the Threat, uh, we will be incorporating them in a match also. So, you know, plus... Circle Six is running a show the day before uh, at our arena, so there's going to be some guys in town. I've reached out to a couple. I forgot Sammy Callahan's running the next, the same day as us uh, in Ohio. So Zachary Wentz and Jake Christ, who we've had some history with, as as Wentz, you know, with the Rascals being there. You right. know, we were looking to instill them in the spots, and when I hit up Jake Christ, who's hit me up on numerous occasions. Then I remembered, oh, yeah, Sammy's got a show. So, you know, you know, Remy, Remy has unfinished business with Jay Chris from when the gentlemen were supposed to wrestle the Chris brothers. And uh, Sammy and Jessica Havoc made the flight from England, but the Chris brothers had to be put on the next flight. And they literally showed up uh, as we were breaking down the ring. They popped into Samstown. You know, we could have did an impromptu uh, false count anywhere, no arena, you know, no fans in the arena match. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you, you just mentioned uh, Sky High uh, with, uh, Bro uh, with Bodie Young Prodigy there, uh, you know, as the uh, junior captain of the uh, flight ship. Uh, they uh, took a loss to Brett the Threat and Los Suavecitos. Uh, what did you think about the, uh, the shirts that, uh, those three guys wore out to the ring? You know, it, it, it's whatever, you know, it, it's the emo generation that they think they need to go out there. And it's like, you know, if you step back and you say, Hey, what's a good way to make sure that I don't get booked in the future, you know? Because, you know, the, the truth is 
There is no storyline with Joe DeFalco and the Suavecitos and Brett the Threat. And it's like social media has created, like, if you watch social media and look at Brett the Threat, this guy is fucking feuding with everybody in the world. You know, he has a comment about every single person. Oh, Brett, oh, Damian Drake, number one contender. I made him fall asleep over there. You know, and, you know, you got this guy and, you know, I beat him over there. And it's like the funny thing about Brett is he never remembers his losses, which I guess is good when you think you're the greatest of all time, you know, that, you you know, there's wins and there's losses. It's like, how about you concentrate on what's in front of you? You know, I always got a kick. And again, I always got a kick out of. Scott Steiner getting on the microphone and being in a feud with this guy, but still having the ability to call out Ric Flair, and it led to absolutely nothing. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, we, we've seen it in the past where people, they don't look at it from what it really is, is you're going into business for yourself. Right. And, you know, we've seen that recently. You know, and we've seen that recently, you know, with Brett the Threat, you know, happening in a match with he was in. So, it, you know, there's only so much matches, you know, maybe Brett the Threat wants a gauntlet match with seven people. And since he's so good, you know, maybe he should wrestle Remy and Hammerstone and Bodie and Damian Drake. Hell, who needs a gauntlet match? Just have a six-on-one because Brett the Threat is so good. You know what? I think, though, uh, with that that theory, uh, you'd probably sell some of the most uh, ticket quantities you'd ever sell for people to see Brett uh, go against six people who would absolutely uh, destroy him. Well, yeah, we'd make even more if we were selling him to the actual wrestlers. You know, because I think they would pay money. So basically, basically, you've never done this concept, right? You've never done a pay-to-play wrestle match, right? So you could actually, you know, charge the guys, what, 25 bucks to get in there and beat on Brett? Yeah. You know, that's definitely, uh, you know, uh, a good idea. You know, all the money generated will go to charity, the Joe DeFalco Foundation. Right. You know. And, uh, you know, even Rocky T might want to pay money to, to get his hands on him again. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, what's interesting is uh, I'm waiting to see if uh, those T-shirts become one of the best sellers for, uh, for Brett and the Suavecitos. If they're uh, selling them at uh, Survival of the Fittest, I'm sure there will be you know, some- you know, the only sales he's going to make is probably at about four fans and probably 20 disgruntled wrestlers. <laughs> you know, which is a good number, 24. That's what you usually have to order to get that extra dollar discount, right. you know, from the T-shirt places. But the good news is I, uh, I am in talks with my own shirt people to uh, produce for survival of the fittest. Uh, the Suave Puto shirts. 
you know, <laughs> Remy Marcel, you know, recommended it to me a few months back. But now it sure seems like I think that would be a much bigger seller than their version of the shirt. Uh, and know, the good thing is I don't have to kick back Danny any money. I could just take it off from what he still owes me from the dues. <laughs> so I get to keep all 100%. Uh, you know, and uh, that might not be a bad way to go, Danny, if you're listening. Uh, I, I get behind that because uh, that, you know, take care of your dues, which I'm sure if you're behind on the dues, man, uh, that's a that's a hard hold to, to get out. And he brags about being suspended because he was behind on dues. Like, 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 it's a great feat. <laughs> like, so you didn't get to train or wrestle. Uh, yet you want to be this great wrestler and you weren't allowed to because you got, you kept getting too far behind and, and then you brag about it. Like it's a good thing. Oh man. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I see. I understand now what you talk about when you talk about the headaches of the school. So that's, uh, that's very interesting. Uh, that's amazing. I walk in the door and I'm already hearing complaints and it's like, oh, you know, another guy wins a match. And now it's like two hours before the show. First thing I do when I walk in the door. Oh, what am I doing? Oh, you're, you're you know, you're you're in a six man tag. Oh, can I get a singles match? Oh, yeah, bro. The, 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 the show's already uh, hasn't been booked at all. I'm glad you gave up, came up with the idea. It's like you're winning in a match. And you finally have a winning streak, but you're still not happy. It's the same thing with uh, Danny complaining about being respected, but he just came off wrestling a tag title match. Yeah. You right. know, it's like no matter what, you, you're you not going to make everybody happy. And, again, I understand the eagerness. And, of course, it's like, yeah, I get somebody who's in a six man prefers to have a singles match and wants to showcase and but it's like well your other option is as i said well then don't work the show yeah you know it's like i went out of my way to get you on the show because we're booking for an event that we're having on in two weeks that we need to get these certain matches mixed in so i'm still making room for some people that don't have uh, per se, a storyline or a feud that they're involved with. And it's like, you know, oh, well, what about me? And, and I get it. You know, everybody needs to be concerned with themselves. But I always try to say, you know, when you're going out elsewhere, you know, a lot of times you'll walk into the uh, place and you'll be pretty much told right then and there what you're doing. And, you know, I'm not far. You know, I, I see you at training. And, yeah, you may hit me up five days earlier, but there's always that last day or two that we're filling in the final spots. It's not that hard to go on Messenger and, and ask me what's going on. You know, it's always the, like the guys who always like to pitch something as the doors are about to open. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like you have all week. You can message me. If you have an idea, I'm willing to listen. But I'm not willing to listen 30 minutes before the doors open. Right. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned we got Damian Drake, who is now challenging for Greg Sharp's Nevada State title. 
Um, do you think? Do you think that just the way that his injury happened in the time period that it happened, that even though he had a great feud with Matt Vandegrift, Damian kind of has gotten lost in that shuffle and was kind of finding himself again and apparently took a hot tub time machine back to the 80s and has now found himself, you know, wearing sunglasses at night, per se. Um, do you think that this is the, the right path that he's onto something going forward to kind of help that, uh, that momentum that, uh, you know, he's, he's had but had trouble finding exactly who he is uh, after the dissolving of the, um, the unguided? Well, you know, I'll be honest. I thought the unguided was going to have a very long run. You know, I, I think the initial existence of the unguiding of the unguided was the fans weren't really behind them, but as Vandegrift grew and the love for Damian Drake existed from day one, that they were a very popular tag team, despite what some of their actions were, you right. know, and you know, they had to go through two injuries, you know, first Matt Vandegrift was hurt and then they, they had a, you know, recycle back into the mix. Then they get the tag titles and then we're coming up on the anniversary. And then there, the, then there's the breakup and then there's the comeback. And then there's the feud with Matt Vandegrift, which, you know, culminates on, you know, new year's Eve. So now we're looking at January 1st. Well, from January 1st, we're already into August. And yeah. Damian Drake has done nothing but win matches. Now, storyline-wise, you know, he had been involved in continuous stories for a year or so. And that's what happens. Now, you finish your feud. Now, where do we go? You know, things take time. We're, we're, he has to be rebuilt, whatever it is. And now... You know, Gregory Sharp and him, they've been in FSW for an extremely long time. And if they have had a match, I couldn't tell you when. So it just goes to show that despite there being a bunch of guys who have been in FSW for long periods of time, they haven't really faced off in, in any way, shape, or form. You know, and now... Damian Drake and Gregory Sharp is a very, very fresh, you know, matchup. And yeah. for the Nevada State title, there's a lot of meaning in that. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, after that, you know, Matt came back and, you know, he's been a house of fire. And he's put on some of the best matches, you know, that we've seen, you know, over the past year. You know, between him and Jay Vidal, it's a toss-up of who's had more of the best matches on the show. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, Damian Drake has the opportunity now. You know, another example is Graves. You know, he was the champ, lost the title, involved with some stuff with Hammerstone, and it's kind of uh, not been seen in a long time, not has anything to do with him. It, it, it's putting him in a position and, 
you know, nobody wants to see, you know, Graves murder Brandon G or Ricky Tenacious. You know what I mean? Right. And with Graves positioned as a top babyface, and then you got Hammerstone as the top babyface, and then Juicy and Toa, and they were in position, and then Toa gets signed, and then uh, Juicy got banged up a bit and needed to take some time off. But after the issues with MK, basically the crowd wanted to get behind him. So it's like, who's a top-tier guy for Graves to feud with, you know? We've right. tried to bring back Tito. We've tried to bring in Bateman on more occasions. But unfortunately, the schedule, just like for 21st, you know, Tito and Bateman and 1% and Danny Limelight and, and all these guys, they're booked for New Japan the same day we're running. So, right. you know, a, a Bateman and a Tito Escondido, you know, now makes us need two top baby faces per se. And right. if Hammerstone's involved with, say, the faction, well, now Graves is a main guy to wrestle guys like Bateman and Tito. Yeah. You know, which they already had a match in the tag where uh, Tito pinned Graves. So, you know, there's something there. So it's it's trying to get those guys back. You know, Remy Marcel, another guy, he's kind of in no man's land. You know, he just lost the championship to Gregory Sharp. But over the last few months, he's gotten to wrestle with Richard Holiday twice, you know, and Adam Brooks, a Willie Mack, a Gregory Sharp. But now it's like, okay, you've been here, and now you lost the the championship, and now it's time to put people back in the mix, you know. And, and he's, you know, talked about certain guys that we've talked with about bringing in. But, again, because of scheduling and things like that, you know, uh, right. Sammy's running in August 21st, and there's going to be a handful of guys that are in Vegas that we would use that now we can't use because they're working that show. So it's like, you know, people aren't always available. Adrian Quest was another guy, you know, and he's working New Japan. You know, we were talking about a four-on-four -four survival series match survival of the fittest with you know the suavecitos with adrian quest who's basically the guy who helped catapult them we haven't seen him in a while because he's had some great success over yeah. you know this past year but to get him back he's a guy who's been around for a long time another highly talented individual and you know we can't utilize him so you know october we booked uh carrion cross and for some reason, now he tells me he can't make the show. I have no idea why, but, you know, he's canceling on us. Well, apparently, he's uh, he's buying tickets uh, to uh, other wrestling shows and then coming out of the uh, the audience and just beating people yeah, up. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, speaking, speaking of that, um, how do you think that went when you uh, saw him mix into uh, SmackDown, uh, the other the other week last week tremendous you know uh his his main roster run was pretty much non-existent they totally changed what he was from the nxt carrying cross that triple h brought in you know obviously loved what he was doing with scarlet as they said you know he had the best entrance in wrestling and that was the you know the secondary not even show the secondary company 
of WWE, and he got over in that situation. And, you know, Triple H ain't playing and didn't bring him back to attack Mad Cat Moss and solidify him into the mid-card status. He right. put the two biggest stars of SmackDown, or maybe even the company, you know, on notice. You know, we all knew Drew McIntyre was in position to be the guy to work with Roman Reigns. And, you know, now all of a sudden, Cross has jumped the line and, and, and Triple H has positioned him as an equal to those top two guys. So, you know, you can't ask for anything more, you know, if you're cross. You know, the time away actually benefited him because with Triple H in charge, you know, I talked about it on the radio show I do. It was like Dexter Loomis was another guy that was, you know, a Triple H guy that he really liked him a lot. And yeah. boom, he shows up. You know, Sean Ricker, you know, uh, Max Dupree, he, he was supposedly out, out, might be out of a job. But yeah. Triple H was the guy who, who got him in the NXT, and he reinserted him into not the greatest uh, gimmick, in, in my opinion, but kept him you know, working and, and a part of that, you know, as a mouthpiece, I don't know how good the uh, the girl can talk, but we know with, with Max Dupree, man, I hate calling him that too, you know, with Sean Ricker, you know, could speak. And if somebody can get that idea over, over at least, uh, you know, we know his track record, so there should be, you know, something good there. It's also trying to like, Okay, who are Triple H guys? You know, well, you got Keith Lee. Well, he's signed. You got William Regal. Well, he's signed. You know, don't think Road Dog won't be back in, you know, by the, maybe by the next time we do this show. You know, there's guys that were tried and true and Triple H guys and guys who love, you know, most people thought after Gargano was done with everything, him and Candice LeRae would go to AEW. But again, Big proponent, Triple H. Now it's like, hey, now the rumors are flowing again. Gargano. Chiampa actually getting pushed. He went yeah. to the main roster and was just nothing. And wasn't even getting entrances. And now they have him win a tournament and he beats AJ Styles to get a shot at Lashley. He doesn't win, but he gets positioned as a guy who's definitely a threat. And I could see them building up strong also. So well, and and that in coming out in the Harley robe, I think was such a huge statement. You know, not only is it tied to his, uh, you know, his training, but it's giving such a high praise by allowing just to come out in Harley Race's robe. And then I always thought Lashley to me is just he's he's not my cup of tea. Champa made him look good. And it was it was great to see, you know, and, and even in the you know more in the old days because now every you know everything's more of just a prop. But Lashley's a guy who should always be in the mix for the heavyweight championship. Him being the U.S. champion is almost like a step down, you know. Yeah. In, in my opinion, it's like, hey, we'll give you this. It's like, how about you just find a big feud for him to deal with? You know what I mean? It's like. 
You know, for Gunther, it's a step up because he was never a champion. Now right. you get to showcase him in the Intercontinental. Guy like Ricochet, you know, I could see good things with him because of Triple H, yeah. you know. And I like Ciampa in the green when he came out with The Miz at SummerSlam, too, by the way. Yeah, that was, yeah. Very, very conform. But you see those guys, and it's funny because you say, you know, the younger guys, you know, Ciampa. And these guys are all in their mid to late 30s. You, yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, but they're new guys or fresh guys because of the fact that they hadn't had that huge success in WWE, which regardless of what everybody wants to say is the be all end all. When you make it there, you know, it's kind of New York. You make it there, you made it anywhere. And, you know, as, as great as the young bucks are, you know, unless they have that run in WWE, you know, Kenny Omega is another guy where there's so many people who are not aware of him, you know, and, and how great is he? That's great. But he never performed there, you know. Even Adam Cole, you know, it was NXT. He he never got that big time run. And regardless, everybody my age, your age, thirty something people, it was WWE. Twenty something people, you know. Yeah. AEW just came along a few years ago. Ring of Honor would be happy if they drew six or seven hundred people. WWE would consider it a failure if they had an event and it drew 10,000 people for a paper. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's a reason why they're a multi-billion dollar company. So, you know, you can have great success and you can make a living in New Japan and AEW and Impact or whatever it is, but the pinnacle is WWE. So, you know, regardless of the success Cross had, that's what he was going to vindicate himself was I made it in WWE because when you make it in WWE 20 years down the line, it's a lot easier to get booked at that toy con and, and make, you know, you know, a minimum of $10,000 for an appearance. Yeah. So, I mean, shit, look at what they want. And I think now with triple H, it makes it a much more fun working environment. And I think more people are going to be interested. You know, look at the things. You know, Miro can say whatever, but he's he signed for four more years a six or eight months ago. Well, he's barely been used for a year and a half. So you, you, you thought it was no way I'm going. As bad as it might be in AEW, it was way worse in WWE for him. But Rusev Day was the reason why he got that big contract. In, in AEW and why they don't use them, I have no knowledge. You know, I have like no idea. You know, it's like Brian Cage, but 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 Miro, what was a main event guy in WWE for some time? And yeah. when he came in, it seemed like a big deal and you know, lost by the wayside. A lot of people thought he was going to win that, you know, uh, championship against Pac, who again, another guy who people look at is like, man, this guy's the shit. You know, not the shits. He's the shit. Like, he should be a main dude. And he's even, you know, I know he had those early issues with the visas and things like that. But there's so many guys you think would be major players moving over that have kind of been lost by the wayside. Which is remarkable, too, because between AEW and adding in ROH, they have 14. 
13 active titles. So if you can't get these guys in good positions when you have that many belts, then you're doing something wrong. Um, and, it, you know, it, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's it's kind of sad, too, because of the fact that with what's going on with Warner Brothers, it, it, you know, everything just seems like this could – you don't want to see it crash and burn because there's so many guys that are working because of that opportunity. And at the same rate, you see the red flags already going up, going, man, this could be a fucking train wreck if things aren't kind of railed in. Um, one more thing on, on WWE. Let me ask you this. Uh, this coming week, you're going to get at Heat Wave on NXT. You're going to get Zoe versus Mandy for the title. Mark it down. The lock of the year, baby. Well, here's my question, and this is this goes into the, the thought process of a promoter, and, and let me see what you make of this. So on Raw, we get announced that Nikita Lyons and Zoe Sark are going to be a tag team in the tournament for the women's championships. On NXT, we get kind of a backstage thing where they're excited about doing this. And then in the match where Zoe, Zoe defeats Cora Jade, and after Cora, you know, is, is ushered out going after uh, Roxanne, Mandy tries to take a cheap shot, and Zoe hits the, uh, you know, the, the finisher on Mandy, which to me signals that I'm thinking they don't put the title on her. And there's a good chance Nikita and Zoe end up the women's tag champs in uh, on the main roster. What do you think? You know, I think it's hard for them. To, Zoe just came back, so she's trying to get her feet wet back in NXT for not being there for so long. On the Raw roster, there's so many names that the fans are more, you know, knowing than her, I'm not sure if that's the direction to go. You know, I think with Zoe winning the women's championship on NXT, now it gives them a little more juice on the Monday Night Raw thing because they got the NXT women's champion in there. So sure. now she's being perceived as a big deal. Now, instead of just two NXT girls wrestling in the mix, you know, that to me looks like, oh, the perfect spot. They don't have enough tag teams. They bring a couple people up from NXT, and they take the L, like usual. So now, would you, would you as a booker, would you use that opportunity? So if you put the belt on Zoe on Wednesday, and then they have the match on Raw that coming Monday, let's say, um, would you take that opportunity because they're going to eat the L to have Nikita turn on Zoe and that becomes Zoe's first feud as champion in NXT? No, I, I would probably at least have them use the momentum of her winning the championship because what is there? There, it's, it's an eight woman, eight, eight team tournament, correct? Yeah. 
okay, well, on Monday you let them win, so the momentum builds. Now they're in the semifinals. Now if something's going to happen, you know, maybe miscommunication, you know, cost them the match, at least they got exposure on Raw. They won a match. She's the NXT champion. The idea is to make her a bigger deal on NXT as as and bring, uh, as and bring an some opponent. of those and bring some of those eyes from the main television over to NXT. Right, that's one of the other reasons that you would do it. Right, is to and, and you it. have the footage. Now you right. have the footage of them winning the match the first time. Then you have so now you have more of a video package to put together. You know, if yeah. it's the one match and they lose, who cares? You know, they, 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 it was there, it was a random match between, you know, two people that had never tag teamed before. You know, yeah. they're pretty much expected to lose. But now you're trying to capitalize on the momentum of the new women's champion. Kind of like after Braun Breaker won, they kind of put him in a couple of spots on Monday Night Raw just right. to acclimate him with the main roster fans. That way, if you don't know who he is, hey, by the way, it's Rick Steiner's kid, Scott Steiner's nephew. He's now the NXT champion. Hey, go check him out on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have him lose to Ziggler and then, you know, win. Because I don't even remember. Did he take the pin in, in the, when he lost the belt, Braun Breaker? Or did the, I remember it was a triple threat. Yeah, I, th I don't think he ate the pin. If I'm, if I remember. Either way, that. the fans don't remember. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like exactly. all we know is uh, Braun Breaker lost the championship. Now he may not even have been pinned. But the thing yeah. was, now the hope is maybe. Oh crap! Rick Steiner's kids, uh, the the champ on the NXT. Let, let's check it out. I see that it's on or whatever. Right. And you know, you you go from there. You know, I assume with Triple H being in charge now, he's still going to, you know, want to ship people back and forth from NXT and vice versa. You know, like what they did in Apollo Crews and Dolph Ziggler and you add the big name guy. And, you know, and again, it's a big name guy because he's on the main roster. So right. it's a bigger deal to NXT that Apollo Crews is there than it is that SmackDown lost Apollo Crews. Right. He was just a guy there, and I think too the other the other thing is now with NXT having Shawn Michaels as the main liaison there, um, you know, <laughs> you, you got the two brothers in arms who know everything about all the talent on the roster, which is phenomenal considering Vince really didn't follow anything that was going on in NXT, which is still un unreal. Um, speaking of like younger talent, getting people exposed, um, you had a couple people on the show that, um, had some good showing, uh, and one of the guys is Kevin Koa having him with MK. Do you think that puts him in a very good position? Because he looks, he looks phenomenal, man. And it looks like this could be a good thing. Um, does MK give a little credibility to him and, and give him someone he can work with to, um, you know, bring a little seasoning to, to Kevin? Well, you know, as I said before, you know, making 
making the fans realize a certain individual is not just here for a one and done. It, it, the fans don't care. You know, they, you know, they see a guy once they're, they're, they're not expecting much, but now just like we saw with Toa and, and Juicy, you know, we put them to, nobody knew who Toa was. He'll even tell you, you know, he never wrestled in front of a crowd until we put him in right. and we put him in with MK because MK like him or hate him. Most people hate him. So if you see somebody with him, you know, you, you, number one, you're not like, oh, look, at who are these jobbers? Not right. that a 350-pound Samoan with a 400-pound Samoan or Hawaiian or whatever Juicy is, that people are going to look like, oh, yeah, they're a bunch of garbage, whatever. But the thing is, an AJ Mana and a Koa, now that they see them with MK, there's bigger expectations. They're right. expected, you know, that MK is not going to go out and find two chooches to manage. You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're seeing two big guys that are very aggressive. You know, I, I can see down the line Koa and AJ who are not a tag team. You know, they're just two guys that MK brought in. But I yeah. could see them working a tag match with TBD, and it's a bunch of big boys. You know, we saw Koa uh, with Eldon Finau, and, you know, that was a pretty good match. And yeah. you know, that was part of the showing that MK saw from Koa. Plus, he knew him from Arizona, where he's part of the MK Army there. So it makes sense. It's like a Sam Adonis. He's always a member of the MK Army. It's just he doesn't wrestle here a lot. But when he comes out, he's going to get the heat based off MK. And, you know, Sam Adonis is another guy. I'd love to have him on a full-time basis. You know, unfortunately, he's in Pittsburgh, and he wrestles AAA, and he wrestles a lot of companies. So getting him frequently is, is a lot more difficult than just saying we'd love to have Sam Adonis at the show. Yeah. Uh, and some of the other uh, guys uh, who – you know, kind of have been around a little bit. Um, you, you know, you're establishing Blair Brody uh, more, uh, and um, you've gotten Jordan Oasis back on track. Um, when you look at guys like that who are kind of on that that little bit of that uprise, you know, they're gaining steam. They're they're gaining a little bit of uh, experience. They're looking a lot better. Um, does that start putting in motion in your mind where you can see them six months from now or a year from now within the mix of talent that you already have? Like, how do you mix those guys that are proving that they're, they're, you know, they're working hard to make that next jump? How do you figure that in for what's going to be the future of FSW down the road? You know, you, you have to look at it differently. Blair Brody is very, very young. Right. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of matches under him, but you can definitely see some great potential. So he's a little easier to bring along at a slower pace. You know, he's a guy that when we first looked at, we're like, hey, you know, this is a guy on Future Shock who's going to be a mainstay, you know, gets get some reps, get work in. 
has a great attitude, you know, always inquisitive, always willing to listen, very humble. And, you know, he's kind of like when we saw class, you know, and brought him on Future Shock. You know, the idea was to build him up on Future Shock to then, you know, occasionally use him on high octane, which we did. But he became too valuable to not use on high octane. And Blair Brody's in a position, not right now, but to be a main guy in six months to a year. So you need to bring him along to where now, again, the fans see this guy and they see him and they see him and understand he's part of the mix. Uh, Jordan Oasis, on the other hand, he's a guy who's been doing it for a while. And, you know, he was a guy up in Washington and he was getting opportunities there. And then he came to Vegas, but then he went back to Cali and trained with Rikishi for a while. So he was kind of in and out. So, again, you know, he was a guy that people seemed to like. Uh, Didn't have a lot of direction or even direction with his character or, you know, what he was portraying. And, you know, after he had lost to Damian Drake, you know, I, I guess something clicked in his head. Because, again, he's another guy who wants, wants, wants and is trying to get out there, you know, obviously there's talent, you know, AEW used them. They didn't use everybody. You know, they, they see things in people that they feel, you know, he's a big dude. He's very athletic. And, you know, it seems like uh, the baby face Jordan Oasis didn't really get him very far. So now, you know, people say, Hey, character gimmick, you know, Sometimes you have to try to push the envelope to get yourself in a position. You know, sometimes it's it's jabbering with me. Sometimes it's, you know, taking it upon yourself to show what you can do when you get the opportunity, you know. And Jordan Oasis may not have been around as long as some of the guys in FSW who are above him. And he may have been there longer, but he wasn't in FSW. So, right. you know, we're bringing him along and seeing what we got in him. But again, at that time, he was living elsewhere. Oh, right. I can come in whenever you want. Well, it's still you're having to fly three hours to get here. So it's not always the easiest thing to do. You know, you know, Jared Diaz, he, you know, hit me up. Oh, Joe, you know, I want to come out. I want to come out. I'm going to come out. And then, you know, uh, we have him set. And then whether it's issues with flights and pricing and all the others, you know, this dude's coming from Florida, so it's not cheap. And even though he wants to be a part of it, sometimes it just doesn't happen. So we can't, you know, say, hey, you know what, we're going to bring this Jared Diaz and we're going to have him smash the No Limits division because we want him to wrestle Matt Vandegrift. And then all of a sudden, you know, after two wins, he can't make any more shows. And we've just taken our number two and three contenders and they made them take losses yeah, when they didn't need to. So it's like, so the two of those guys are kind of polar opposites. Jordan Oasis is ready to wrestle the Matt Vandergriffs while the Blair Brodies need time before he wrestles the Gregory Sharp. Now, is a Blair Brody-Jordan Oasis match something that is appealing? I think to people it will be. I don't think it is as much now because Blair Brody hasn't been seen enough 
for people to get behind that match. So when we right. do have that a type of match like that, we need to hope that we're going to take we need to take the shot when we believe that it's the right time. Now, sure. is the right time 6 weeks from now? Maybe. Is the right time 6 months from now? Maybe. You know, we just have to, you know, play it by ear. Um, as we uh, get to looking at wrapping up uh, this week, um, so if you had to choose, and you were you were given the choice that of these three people, there's only one of them you can choose to work with for the rest of their career. Let's say, would you take Jay Vidal, Matt Vandergriff, or Damian Drake? Uh, you know, I'm not one to take the fifth, but I'm going to have to take, you know, the, the fifth. You know, the thing is, they all have great upside. You know what I mean? And, you know, then there's also certain things that, you know, Mad Vandergriff in the past, his issues were the character, the promos, you know, now he's gotten the character. Well, now he needs to work on the promos. You know, over the years, Damian Drake, you know, he's gotten a lot better on the microphone. Definitely. You know, he was a guy who, you know, no offense, but wasn't very good on the mic. You know what I mean? And and you take a look at things. You know, like I was listening and I'm watching the show, you know, last week because I did some commentary and then we also passed it off and things like that. And a guy like Clutch, you know, he is, you know, he gets his point across, very concise. And, that, you know, that's the issues with a lot of guys that sure. they get from point A to point Z. But it takes them way longer to get there than they need to. So sometimes right. stuff gets lost in translation. You know, uh, I think Clutch is a guy who is gotten extremely good on the microphone yeah you know and except for getting a couple things other than that the stuff that he remembers but the way he presents the way he talks you know he doesn't yell you know the microphone's the same all the time yeah. if you yell into it it's distorted it's not going to sound as good if you talk normally it's going to work right you know, a guy like Hammerstone, here was a guy who we never let talk, you know what I mean? And now he's right. one of the best talkers in the business. You know, he is going to get a point across, you yeah. know, the faction, they can talk, but sometimes they're very long winded, you know, on things sure. because then, you know, because the faction is for people, well, it might be fine if. Ice is doing the talking, or Braxton's doing the talking, but in a lot of situations, one ice, once Ice is done, Braxton has to chime in, and maybe Fresco has to say three words. You, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, that it, it isn't always necessary. Right. You know what I mean? Isn't it? Isn't that funny too that Watson is the Harpo Marx of the group? Yeah, Air Watson. He lets his flying do the talking. Yeah, that's all. I told him do. if he keeps flying, if he keeps flying like Brian from the wrestling scene says he does, 
you know, he might become an honorary member of Sky High any day. <laughs> um, as we wrap up, uh, any final thoughts this week uh, as we uh, head into, uh, you know, the, I guess this is the two-week-out preparation now for uh, Survival of the Fittest. Yeah, you know, we, we're ready to go. Uh, we just added a, a number one contender scramble match right. that uh, we have three of the participants already. Uh, one is Jordan Oasis. Uh, the second is Eli Everfly. Nice. And the third is Brandon Gatson. So, and we are working on the fourth. Uh, you know, we've reached out to Jack Cartwheel. Uh, we've reached out to Titus Alexander. I uh, reached out to Lucas Riley, who's not available. And we're trying to get those guys that, you know, have been, you know, making some noise sure. uh, on the West Coast. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, unfortunately, a few of our guys are already booked in different spots on the show. So whoever wins the Vandegrift J. Vidal match, you know, will have a ready-made uh, opponent, yeah. you know, ready to go right after that. Because we've talked about it. You know, our no-limits division is extremely deep. So we've, we've never seen, like, a... Uh... In my recollection, Gatson, for instance, he's never wrestled Vandergriff, right? I do not believe uh, he has. A few years back, he happened to be in town, and he wrestled Chris Bay, which Chris Bay had no idea who he was because Gatson hadn't been around for a long time. He kind of took time off, and they had a tremendous match. So, you know, I I've always been a, a big, big fan of Brandon Gatson, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, you know, uh, like Danny Limelight, the, the kids have taken uh, front and center. You know, they're the ones supporting the family. So Gatson can, you know, uh, concentrate more on wrestling these days. Dude. I just guess the driver to a gig, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, I can't wait to see when those kids uh, get to the age where they can start tagging. Because uh, those those young uh, those young bucks uh you know, if they if they have they already have the acting skills, boy, if they got the athleticism of those two, Jesus! I'll tell you what, you know that'll be a main event on Peacock Network. You know, Limelight and his daughter against Brandon Gatson and uh, his his, hurt his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe, I think you you've got a mecha match coming up here in about. Hey. 10 <laughs> ah, who's the first person ever? To give Maxwell Hardy a match. You got it. You know, who was the brains behind the idea of Maxwell Hardy versus Disco Inferno? That was me. Who stole the idea? Well, Impact did. You know? I, you know, I, and I'm surprised that Maxwell uh, Hardy didn't get the FSW championship for like 24 hours. So. Well, he, you know, he, he he still may, but you know, you know, this, despite the uh, the kid, you know, wishing my demise, and you know, feeling I should be like Vince McMahon and ride off to the sunset, you know, I I have plenty of good years. Uh, <laughs> knock on wood, uh, yeah, knock on knock on uh, fake wood uh, ahead of me. 
even though there's many times that after a show or after a week of training, I say, please, somebody buy me out. Let me get the fuck out of here. These people are annoying the fuck out of me. Oh, man. Well, you know, uh, let's let's put it this way. Uh, at least for everything we know, you're not going to get pushed out like Vince McMahon did. So you still at least will have some, uh, you know, some uh, leverage on the company for a while. Um, and you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the internal investigations of uh, Joe DeFalco. So let's knock on wood that uh, that you're around for another, what, 20, 25 years? Is that good? Another quarter century? Nah, I, I, at 80 years old, I definitely don't want to be running a wrestling school, let me tell you. Uh, I'll, I'll be. I'll, I'll just want to go on vacations every month. <laughs> well, there you have it, everyone. Uh, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's going to be an exciting show on the twenty first. Um, everything's going to be shaping up. You'll see uh, some more matches getting announced here. With you know, the survival of the fittest is always one. You know, one of the big ones. You know, against all odds, would be up next. You know, when you don't count the Meccas, you know, we have no escape, the anniversary show, you know, survival of the fittest and against all against all odds. You know, those are our big four that we, you know, gear to uh, every single year. You know, yeah. survival of the fittest has been around probably at least 10 years. And we've had, you know, some of our, you know, best moments and you know some some great things you know check out the fsw network uh you can see all the past survival of the fittest you know uh, i know we had issues once again this past week and you know cox cable I, you know i was in conversations with them you know something to do with the upload and you know it's funny well you get up to this amount of uh, of upload speed and sometimes you don't but you get up to and it's like you know i i understand you know it's a business and you got to pay more but when i have the highest speed at my house and it's 50 dollars less and the speed over there is less than half it's like i'm paying way more money and i have no use whatsoever for the internet other I don't go on the internet just to go on the internet at at the school. Right. We use it to do the streaming, which is once a month when we have a big show out. So at most it's twice a month. And yeah. you know, can't we do something to make this I don't need 20 email accounts and, and all the other bullshit that comes across with it. You know, right. and then I talked to the guy yesterday because, of course, you know, oh, we have these offers for you. Oh, okay. Well, what's the offers? Oh, you know, 60 days. So this is the offer because I'm like, you know, my Internet sucks and I can't stream right all the time. You know, you need a dedicated line, whatever it is. You know, oh, well, you know, we have uh, we have fiber. Yours is a coaxial. Oh, how much more is the fiber? Oh, well, it's the same cost. We just have to put it in. Well, why the fuck wouldn't you put it in? So I'm going to pay the same thing, and you're telling me my upload speed 
which is 20 megabytes, and my right. download speed is 200 megabytes. But if I have the fiber, they're both 200, but the cost is the same. Why the fuck would I have not wanted it? You know what I mean? And it's like, but we have an offer to upgrade your speed for 60-day trial. No questions asked. Okay. So you upgrade the speed. My question is, what is the cost after 60 days? I don't need it for two months. I'm going to need it as long as I'm there. So right. what's the deal? You're giving me something for two months. I'm still paying the same price. It isn't free. I'm still paying the same cost of the internet. You're just giving me the $50 or $100 upgrade for free. What's the price after the fact? You know, and it's like, again, it's always uh, the worker. I'm like, nobody can give you the actual answer. Like, right. it's, it's question with another question. Like, answer my fucking question. And then they get angry when you press them. Right. You know, oh, it was like I was trying to get my car, you know, and it was the same issue. I have a lease. And they're trying to get me to trade in the car because it's actually worth more than it was when I got it two years ago. Sure. And the guy's trying to sell me on like uh, some little mini SUV and this and that. And it's like, dude, I'm not fucking interested. What about upgrading my 2020 Camry hybrid to 2022? Well, you know, they're not in stock right now, but we have some. Okay, well, I'm not fucking interested because you're trying to sell my Camry because you can't get anybody else another Camry. And now you're trying to push me on a car I don't want. And he gets like bothered and it's like, dude, answer my fucking question. I'm not here going back and forth. It's either it is or it isn't, you know, and it's, you know, I get it. It's the car salesman and people. And in that case, it is the car salesman. Yeah. Like, answer my question. Well, you know, and I, I in uh, California, you know, in uh, Valley Village, it's, it's the city. I had been uh, with AT&T for, for my Internet. And man, it was just, it was garbage. And what I found out after a number of years of paying for that internet was what I was paying for, I wasn't actually getting because they didn't have the right uh, cable technology, you know, whether it was fiber optic or whatever the, you know, the connector was in the actual area so none of the wiring was the wiring that would get you what you're paying for and there was no like oh we're sorry here's your compensation you know this that or the other it was just like well sorry we can't give you what we promised you and it's like well then you know take me down you know i'll i'll pay for less then but you're right it's it's a game and you know, you you have to do all the homework yourself to find out the answer. Right. Right. I'm finding that out with uh, health insurance and, and getting, you know, into physical therapy on stuff and trying to get MRIs and stuff like that. And it's like one side says one thing, the other side says the other thing. And you in the middle have to figure out how it, you know, how it's going to work because, no one really wants to do the work they're supposed to be doing. So it's like, ah, eh, you know, and that sucks too. Cause I know 
you know, uh, sometimes I've had some great success with watching the network, uh, you know, with the live streams. And sometimes it's been, you know, oh, shit, it's it's stuck. And um, it sucks that that has to come down to the fact that the cable company isn't doing what they should be doing for you as a consumer, especially as a business because you are paying more as a business and it just makes no sense. And you're right. What a throw in here's 20 emails that you can use. Like what the fuck am I going to do with that? It's, it's ridiculous. Right. Because they, they treat, Oh, well you're a business, but it's not like I have 40 employees that are all using the internet. You know what I mean? It's like we have one computer in the, in the office and we're trying to use it for streaming. You would yep. think because of the advent and how popular the streaming issues are, they'd offer a different alternative for people who only want a certain thing. Right. Instead of everything is one blanket, you know, account yep. that, you know, everybody gets the same thing. You're just basing everything on the speed regardless. Well, hey, you'll get an extra 20 email accounts. Well, I don't need email accounts. You know, I don't need 35 plugs for Ethernet or I don't need, you know, and again, my God, the, the Internet and only one person uses it. Well, how how would we be able to use it if 40 people were trying to be on it? This <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, these these little headaches are, are the things that. Uh, make you want to stay another 25 years in wrestling, right? Yeah. You know, write, write your Cox Cable uh, representative and say, you know, we need new streaming account differences than a, than a, than a, a brick-and-mortar business. Well, you know what? Let's, let's just start the campaign. Write Cox right. and say, I want my FSW. That's right. Because, you know, we, we've pissed off some loyal fans. You know, yep. our boy George Furman can't make the shows, you know, handling some personal stuff. And, you know, the thing freezes up, ironically, during a commercial that somehow he was in, I guess. Yes. You know what I mean? But it's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I understand the anger. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, I get it. People are paying seven bucks a month for the whole library. But the reason a lot of people stay with it is because they know they're going to get to watch two shows a month. You know, yeah. it's kind of like the old Nitro Grill thing. How many times can you look at Hacksaw Jim Duggan's 2 by 4 Well, you know, how many times can you watch a Killer Cross match if you've had the network for two years? The right. one, you know, the, the, the new stuff is the new stuff. So if you go to the shows, you've seen the new stuff. If you can't make the shows, well, then watching those shows live is what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You know, you're not looking at, uh, you know, hey, let me catch up. I know I've seen it, but let me go see uh, Primo's cooking show with Sin Bodhi. Well, if you've seen it before, you don't need to see it again. So, but you've never seen High Octane before because it's airing live tonight. And right. you might have a few friends over and you go to watch it and the shit freezes up. And there's nothing we can do about it. So right. we look like, you know, we're the schmucks with the egg on our face. Right. Well, uh, fans also keep that in mind. If you do experience... Cox cable. Never liked them from the beginning. 
Well, if and fans, if you do experience any technical difficulties with the network, um, you know, definitely email in uh, because uh, again, uh, you know, it's not like six ninety nine is just being taken from you. Um, FSW is very proactive in trying to solve these problems and to keep you in the loop on what's going on. So. Um, you know, don't look at it as, uh, you know, just throwing my money away. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, Joe and the, uh, the crew are invested in. So, uh, you know, if you do, uh, watch live and you have some problems, you know, absolutely give the feedback so that those problems can get solved. And, uh, yeah, fans, if you are listening and you want to write Cox, let them know that they need to solve their problem with their uh, internet speed and uh hell throw throw in uh give joe defalco a uh, a 200 credit there we go there so. you go all right everyone thank you for tuning in this week and until next week we'll see you then